Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. I'm thrilled that you can join today. And in this podcast, we're going to examine Megiddo and its unique history in the scripture involving Solomon and in more recent times as well. And then the dividing of the, of the United Kingdom of Israel into Judah in the south and Israel to the north. And the idolatrous worship that took place in Dan, which was the uh, north's main point of worship. So first of all, Megiddo in the valley of Estron straddled a strategic trade route from Egypt to the northern territories. And it's one of most significant cities for biblical history. And um, many battles have been fought in Megiddo in the valley there. And there's going to be one more at least. In Revelation chapter 16, verse 16, it says, And he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And that is the valley of Megiddo. Now, Pharaoh uh, Thumas III laid siege to Megiddo uh, for seven months. And he actually wrote about it on clay tablets. And that's actually still recorded for us. They survive to this day. Um, they they recorded the siege and things um, on little tablets. No really larger than our modern day smartphones. Uh, very interesting uh, bit of uh, information and a historical uh, find. And they're preserved in the British Museum in London, England. Next time you get to London, you might want to check it out. But at any rate... It talks about, uh, Thumas III talks about that siege. And uh, the faithful king Josiah was killed in battle against the Egyptians in Megiddo. Uh, in Second Kings 23, it says, uh, In his day, the king of Egypt went up against the king of Syria to the river Euphrates, and king Josiah went against him and slew him at Megiddo and when he had seen him. Uh, so, uh, you know, some more history there for us about Megiddo. Uh, that area, even in more modern times, has been involved in conflict. Um, during the Great War, World War One, battles were waged in this valley for control of Palestine, including the uh, well, opposing forces was the German and Ottoman Empire, uh, opposing Great Britain, India, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, representing the Allies. So it uh, definitely has been a place of many battles, uh, and conflict and excavations have been ongoing at Megiddo, actually about a, an area of about 13 acres. So it's a, a large excavation site uh, since the early 20th century. And they've made many really neat discoveries. They've uncovered significant fortifications, a magnificent or magnificence, uh, city gates, lots of them, uh, and an impressive water system. Numerous palaces in, contained uh, within the city walls or the uh, fortifications. Uh, in addition to those, this one's kind of neat. There was a large stable discovered, and it dates back to the time of Solomon. And um, the the, the uh, stable that was found was capable of housing. Get this now. 450 horses. I mean, that's a significant stable, along with 150 chariots. Um, again, that's small units. These are significant uh, implements of war, and they would require a lot of uh, space and upkeep and things. 
Uh, Solomon was definitely a great builder. He's known it. He's probably the greatest of all kings uh, that ever ruled Israel and Judah as a builder. Um, and here's some things in First First Kings ten twenty six. And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen, whom he bestowed in the cities for chariots and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stone. Cedars made he to be as sycamore trees that were in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yard. And king's merchants received the linen yard at a price. A chariot came up and went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of gold. A horse for 150. And so for all the kings of Hittites and for the kings of Syria did they bring them out by their means. So just talked about the greatness of Solomon and um, you know how many horses and chariots. I mean 12,000 horsemen. Uh, that he bestowed a thousand fourteen hundred chariots uh so could easily have deposited some of those in Megiddo. we don't know exactly the uh way he determined where they went but it does show us the greatness of israel during this rule of solomon now solomon was the wisest man to ever live there is no doubt about that we've seen that in scripture sadly though he married many many different women from surrounding nations some of these marriages were uh, brought about for the convenience for diplomatic political reasons so israel wouldn't fight against this one and uh, i believe the first one he married was uh, uh, a daughter of pharaoh uh, from egypt so the idea of uh, making consolidating alliances and things Um, but at any rate he married women he should not have married and uh, he should be marrying more than one anyway uh, but at any rate, he wor- he married many, and he ended up uh, following them in their worship of their different gods from <clears throat> all these different nations. And um, he even built houses of worship for their idols. Now, God wasn't impressed, pleased at all with this. First, Corinthians, uh, First Kings eleven four, for it came to pass when Solomon was old, and his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was an not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. So as a consequence to Solomon's idolatry and following the path of his wives, the kingdom would be torn from Solomon. And that's found in 1 Kings chapter 11, uh, verses 9 to 13. I'm not going to read those for you, but that would be good verses for you to check out to see how it went about. Out of respect for David, the Lord uh, takes the kingdom um from solomon and splits it so the judgment is partial his son solomon's son would receive uh part two uh, of the tribes and then the rest uh would be divided the ten and to be israel the southern two would be judah so after his death his son rehoboam took the throne and his son was not as wise as his father and he threatened hard conditions Upon the people, they came desiring some uh, relaxing of the, the, the rules, the plans and things, and he wouldn't have any of it. So um, 10 left, and they left under the leadership of Jeroboam, who actually had been rebelling against Solomon. And First Kings chapter 12, verse 25 tells us that. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and, bet, and built Penuel. 
Uh, Rehoboam was left with the two tribes and Jerusalem. Jeroboam came out with the ten tribes. And if you were to look at the comparison, you would have to say that Jeroboam came out on the best side of the deal. He had the best land, and he had the most land, and he had best access to trading ports, which would have been a very big, substantial part of trade. Uh, And you would think, that's good enough. I mean, hey, uh, Jeroboam, like, this is this is going to be good. You're, you're going to be able to really grow a great nation here, a great empire. But Rehoboam had something in Judah that Jeroboam could never have in north, and that is in Jerusalem. He had the temple and its worship. And he was a pretty jealous individual. He did not want the people going down to Jerusalem to worship. So he set up two golden calves and built altars for them at Bethel and Dan. Golden calves, boy, isn't that a major millstone that's upon the neck of Israel? Uh, this is not the first time these uh, a, a calf, a golden calf, has been mentioned. In First Kings chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight says, "Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold, and said unto them, Is too much for you to go to Jerusalem? Behold, thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt." He set one in Bethel and he put the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin for the people, went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. You know, sadly, the tribe of Dan had a long history of being a place of wicked worship. And uh, it's recorded for us in Judges. I mean, this is long before First Kings. And the children of Dan set up the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of captivity of the land. So this was a major issue uh, for Dan for a long, long time. In the 1970s and 80s, the worship area, this place where this golden calf was set up and Dan was discovered. Through research, they had determined that the site used with the golden calf was actually used by cultic worship over 400 years before Jeroboam set things up. The altar itself was built and rebuilt numerous times over the centuries. It measured 60 feet long and 20 feet wide. It actually was elevated, you know, a a number of feet up. It actually had to have staircases to get to the top. Uh, And each corner of the platform, there was horns, uh, just just a decoration around um, the altar area. And Jeroboam, along with uh, his advisors, attempted to replace the true worship of Jehovah with this these practices. And he added other dimensions to it as well. He didn't want them to travel uh, down to Jerusalem. And it's assumed that the worship here at Dan, at any rate, continued until King Josiah destroyed the place about 640 B.C., and uh, that was the last of the worship there in Dan. So I hope that little bit of information, you know, about Solomon and Megiddo and then his turning away from God and how we see the splitting of the nations and how Israel, the northern kingdom, from the very first get-go, was already worshiping false gods. They, they were all in it. And uh, it's, a, it's a sad thing to see, but it does help us because we understand um, the wickedness that was being um, promoted uh, by the leadership of the land. And uh, shouldn't surprise us that Israel was the first one to be taken into captivity because 
of its wickedness of idolatry. So thank you for listening today. I hope this episode has been a help. Uh, Understand the word just a little bit better. Keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.